0: This is JFM Podcast.
1: Well, pleasant evening to you. Welcome to the program, Nigeria at Sunset on J11.9 here in Jones. My name is Ponsak Fanap. How is the cold evening going? Well, uh, for me, it's going very well because um, I'm, I'm a sort of a big fan of you you know um the rain I and mean, rain brings a lot of blessings is when the earth will be uh more vulnerable so that it will be fertile for example and uh this evening i spent most of the evening listening to high life music i, I just don't know why i was listening to oliver de uh, because you have to you know at times you have to just listen to some things that will you know uh, get your mind away and Nina Simone one of you know America's great soul musician you know she passed uh, some years back she said the job of an artist or a musician is to capture the essence Or the time is for example if you just listen to you know musicians like uh, let me even start from the early 2000s you know uh, the likes of um, uh, Timaya, the likes of African China, the likes of Idris Abdul Karim, the likes of Nigaro, you know, and you come to the mid 2000s you listen to Wandy Cole and you come to even now, you know not so recent past, you still hear Timaya singing about what he sang, you know, 2005 2006 uh, in his uh, this record that he sang uh, Pity For Us and the question I ask, and if you listen to Fela, it's just like, you know, he made the record uh, maybe five years ago. The question is, are we getting any better, you know, as, as a society, as a people? That is the big question that, you know, uh, came to my mind. Well, and you know, I wasn't a fan of high music until my mother, who is not Igbo. She doesn't understand, you know, Igbo, but she loves, you know. Uh, Highlife music, and I say, you know, thank you for giving me the gift of appreciating diversity, people from different uh, backgrounds, and of course, their music and uh, culture, because that has really broadened my horizon uh, to appreciate people wherever they come from. Well, good evening, Okbayami.
2: Well, uh, I think over time, a lot of us had come to realize that um, the moment you wake up every single day and all that pops into your mind into your head is the challenges that we are facing in this country and then you're just a step closer to being depressed because in the last two weeks i've spoken to a lot of my friends young even older friends and it looks like the rhetoric has been the same thing this country how they do you how is this country how is this ice that and you find out over time that uh, you know it's just getting difficult by the day uh, for people close to me you know that i'm a very optimistic person i'm one particular person that feels at uh, this the challenges we are facing in this country they're absolutely surmountable provided we've got political will yes you may want to say that oh politicians won't do everything but uh, you know, if you have the opportunity to be in control of the commonwealth, uh, then you should be ready to be responsible and be accountable for all of that. And you just wake up every day, one day, one drama, one day, one different script. It looks like uh, everything is lawless now. It looks like the country is on autopilot. Because you wake up today, it's kidnapping Mina, uh, in Minna, in Naja State. Tomorrow is kidnapping in Benue. Tomorrow is death in Nasarawa. Today is, you know, a convoy attacked in Emo State Police Station. It looks like, you know, there's so much energy being channeled through the wrong means. Yes, you may want to put it off. I think two weeks ago, I was in a public transport and, you know, there was a conversation going on. I just kept quiet and you could see the way people were justifying crime. You know people said oh if the government had done this there won't be this and the, you know i couldn't talk for obvious reasons i just kept quiet and when i got down my way to the office the first thing that came to my mind if all of us are using crime uh, as a justification for the failure of government then one of us will be carrying guns by now it's not like we that we're on this side of the mic it's not like we're comfortable by the way it's not like we have the luxury of everything we want it's not like we can afford all the luxury things that we want but you know you just can't have a feeling that. There's gonna be something better somewhere. You don't know where it is coming in from. They said there's gonna be a light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know how long that tunnel is, I don't know how much we can hold on. Because the truth is this things are really falling apart. I mean, there are families that cannot afford a single meal per day, not even talk of balanced diet, not even talk of three square meal. A single meal. I mean, you look at yourself and you look at your four kids, your three kids, and your wife. You can't help anything, and it makes you look irresponsible as a man. whether we like it or not, it's difficult. Even eighteen thousand is a minimum weight that is causing problem <laughs> up and down thirty. Either way, it doesn't even cover anything. A bag of cement is forty thousand is four thousand now. A bag of pure water is one eighty. A, a single one egg now is eighteen naira. Egg grow that will buy eighteen naira is now one fifty. I mean, you keep asking yourself, if this policy don't go right, it affects, it gonna those days where they say, I ah, won't be my own. I'll ah, be say say, you know, consume. excuse me. The challenges we face in this country affect every single, it doesn't respect a social class anymore. It's, it's simple. Well, it doesn't respect, just, so it, the more money you have, the more problem comes to you because if the poor does not take, if the rich does not take care of the poor, the poor will come back and act from the rich. It's
1: simple. You know, it's, 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 this morning, I called, you know, a friend, and we were talking over the phone, and he said something that really got my, you know, it, it struck me, and I understand the um, severity of the economic hardship, you know, uh, they were facing. And I just thought, like, uh, say, 15, 18 years, you know, uh, down the line. And I remember, you know, it, it was in this same you know, country that I was giving pocket money five hundred, six hundred naira, for example, <laughs> and you know I was fine. You know, with five naira I can go to, uh, you know, the school store and say one fish, one bread, one zobo, and you know I get you know bread was two naira, zobo one naira, you know, a uh, fish was two naira, you know. But if you speak to you know some even adults now, they've either maybe they've not experienced this part of the you know Nigeria, or. They've forgotten because of how you know tough. In this country is you know tough to make money. It's very tough to make money. And the money doesn't have any value whatsoever. So it's like you know, like fella will say double wahala for you know dead uh, body and, the, and owner. the owner of the dead body. So it's <laughs> like you it's difficult to make money is even more difficult the money doesn't have value Mm. let me share this you know funny story before we uh take the insert you know one of my very good friends you know my dear friends you know uh, we went somewhere and i think where he ordered for a service and he said you know no when the lady came you know after um, he wants to he wanted to pay (laughs) and then he said give me your account number you let me you know transfer the money to you and she said we don't do transfer he just said, "Look, I'm not going to suffer to make money, and I suffer how to spend my money. So you better go
2: <laughs> find a way to get it."
1: You know, but again, is is I can't understand. You know, with the families, is is very tough. It's very very uh, tough, and it's like you know Nigerians like just you know used to it. I mean. Well, NBC has said that they've not um, suspended Channel's television. They've only uh, warned them about the interview granted Ima Powerful, the mouthpiece of the uh, secessionist group, you know, IPOP, Indigenous People of Biafra. The NBC faced uh, criticism yesterday when news of its action against Channel's television was made public. Many Nigerians view the alleged suspension of uh, the television station by NBC as an attack on media freedom. And independence, okay uh lots of stories you know, to take Nigerian lawmakers debate insecurity, a senator said forty two Niger communities occupied by Boko Haram, even the governor of Niger state said that i mean uh the bandits are just two ou- two hours away you know from uh Abuja, I remember you know. Uh, interviewing uh, Ajuri and he said that Abuja is deastic, so, you know, God forbid but if Abuja is attacked, maybe I'm going to call him up to say, Talk, would you like uh, to grant uh, another interview and yes. tell us, you know, what's going what
2: he was saying that there was since 2015 when President Bwari in got into office, there had not been a single bomb blast in, in Abuja. Abuja and yeah. the question is this, is Abuja the only place that Nigerians are staying? We've got no Abuja. Eight, the Abuja. F-C-T. I
1: mean, every village in this, if you go to, you know, where I come from in Lanka i not, oh. you know. Uh, if I want to impress, you know, my folks, I will say, I say I'm just coming I'm from, from Abuja. Abuja. Aha, you know, so, so everybody. That's the only knows,
2: place that deserves to be protected. No, if
1: you're in Abuja, you are more Nigerian than if than you're the in Gazum. So
2: if I'm, if I'm in Malufanchi in Kaduna, in Castina, nobody, ca- nobody cares.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what he's saying. So for people in Gazum, you
2: know, where I come from, you're not in Abuja, so you don't need to be protected.
1: You are not a Nigerian, you're mm. just a Tarok person, mm. you know, but you're if in, you're in Abuja, you're a Nigerian. You're that is, your yeah, that is the logic of our leaders there. Yeah, well, let's take this insert coming from uh, Professor Obadiah Melafia saying that Nigeria should not be afraid to speak the truth. But the question is, has speaking the truth liberated our country? Does it
2: make <laughs> any difference? What
1: will liberate our country? That's the big question right now. When we come back, we have two erudite guests who, who will uh, help us to understand the insecurity in the southeast and of course, a possible solution uh, to it. Stay here.
0: Thousands of people internally displaced. Children, women, elderly, killed, attacked, raped, villages burnt down. The college has never stopped and this pattern is being repeated all over the middle dance of this country. So he has borne that pain personally. He has done all he can. The state and the governor have come under persecution but we put our trust in God knowing that God will vindicate our leader and will vindicate his people. the whole of the big people of Benway are behind you. The
1: whole of the middle belt is behind you. Uh, Professor Badia Malafia there, uh, when he visited the governor of Benue State, Governor Samuel Otum, who you know even shed tears um, when he was reporting about the security situation in Benway, for example, where students of Federal University of Agriculture in Makudi uh, were abducted. Uh, and unfortunately, yesterday, uh, two students of Greenfield University in Kaduna were murdered in cold blood. Uh, because, I mean, keeping to the award that every day they're going to be killing 3 3. So it's like yeah, killing for uh, fun. Very sad. We have two guests. Dr. Emmanuel I. Obejwa is a. Managing Consultant at Watchdog Business Consultant, Equity Concept. Good evening. Welcome, thank you. And thank you for coming. Thank you. Well, you are new here, so you're very welcome. Thank you. Yeah, and we have Mm. the extravagant Malovi. Good evening, and thank you for coming. It's it's always a pleasure to have you, sir.
3: Well, the pleasure is always mine. This is my home. I'm part of this um, uh, success story uh, of uh, GFM, uh, getting people informed entertained and educated so i'm part of uh, part of the business and i'm i see myself not as a guest i mm. see myself as a member of this family
1: absolutely thank you very much it you know just uh and, and warms my heart let's uh, let me start with you dr emanuela in, uh, prior to 2015, before the merger of uh, what is now known as APC, APGA, part of APGA, you know, Label, uh, ACN, and of course, CPC, uh, there was insecurity in the north. And you remember the comment, you know, from ideologues, you know, from uh, northern part of the country. And right now, you know, there's been this agitation that is now turned for the southeast, and you see uh, the insecurity in the country. Would you like to uh, will you say rather that there's a pattern in grabbing power at the center in this country and how does it help? You know, the cubono question, in whose interest, uh, you know, does that, um, uh, in whose interest basically uh, is if this country gets destabilized just to uh, attain political power? And will you say that there's a pattern of uh, gaining power at the center since when Gulag Jonathan, you know, left office?
4: Yeah, um, actually, I have a strong passion for this topic. And um, it wouldn't be right to use violence as a negotiation tool in case you want to get power. Like it happened, the narrative was, okay, the power is here, we want it, so we cause some problems. Violence does nobody good. Notwithstanding. Um, the, the popular philosopher says those that make peaceful change impossible makes violence change mm-hmm. inevitable. Mm-hmm. What is happening in the southeast predominantly is a reactionary effect of years of neglect, years of abandonment. The worst, you know, commuter roads is in the east. There's so much deprivation in the east. So, And if you have marginalised a, a, a set of people for too long, then you expect what you are getting. So the violence that was in the North, we know it was political. It was aimed at effecting a change of power. So what is happening in other places is not equivalent. But having done that, having gotten the power, what is going on in Nigeria today both in Niger, both in Benue, Plateau, everywhere, we have failed to call the spade the spade, and we are paying for it. The other statesman T.Y. Danjuma diagnosed it correctly. There is accomplices, and the media houses are being muzzled, not to speak the truth. We are facing unprecedented attack on our psyche as a nation.
1: There are I, I, the question is, who is engineering? Uh, because if you make it look, because uh, if I can deduce from yes. your statement, you yes. know, and uh, correct me if I'm, uh, you know, arriving at the wrong conclusion, is it? Are you saying that the political class are the ones, you know, making? Uh, the so-called masses or electorate or of course citizens of this country suffer needlessly because of their loss for power, for example.
4: Thank you very much. The answer to that question lies in answer to my question. Is the government indeed helpless? Is the government indeed helpless? It's looking as if they're helpless. Okay. Now, let me just tell you, the last time the American citizen was adopted from a neighboring country and brought to Nigeria, it took less than 48 hours for them to come and pick that guy and back to their country what exactly is the helpless state of our country it was the late Sani Abacha that said that if violence, insurgencies last over 48 hours
1: somebody is capable yeah but it was within a context of military junta you know at the time so uh, he had absolute power so to speak you know to uh, quell any situation and of course he said it in relation to the Kaduna riots you know uh, that happened back in the 90s when he was you know president uh, head of state
4: Yeah, obviously we should be drawing from the experience and the advantage of the man in power who had all the the theoretical know-how of military warfare so he has all and i will expect that with that synergy of all the military background we should arrive somewhere don't forget you remember the promises we had let's not run away from this truth the promises we had prior to 2015 was insurgencies was going to be the thing of the past we're told clearly timeline was set that within this period of time, Boko Haram will be over. And we are, we are, how many years? Seven years. And in fact, what we had in 2015 is nothing compared to what we're having now. Children have been dismembered. I asked people, I say, if it's your child in that picture, will you sleep? Girls have been taken into the bush unaccounted. There is a family just opposite the junction here. Their daughter was kidnapped since 2020, December into the bush there's another lady a neighbor in gedier that works with the UN the six of them were picked into the bush, and this was never we could never have imagined we'll get to this point the military cannot say they are helpless okay
1: L- let me come to Uh is it time for us to have a rethink on uh, the political class in this country? Because if they are just using us as pawns, you know, to attain their uh, loss and quests, you know, for power, is it time for... Uh, because they are not more than 1% of the population, um, and we are close to 200 million by estimation. Is it time for us to do something and maybe let them, like we say in pidgin English, if one person cooks, one person can cook for two million people but one person cannot eat the food of two million people at the same time
3: well let me start this way by letting our listeners this evening to know that the hardest job for anybody to do anywhere in the world is to preach morality to a hungry man honestly speaking i know what i'm talking about i have over a 100 people who are looking up to me for inspiration for mentorship and i know what they come to me with for counseling i know how difficult it is to preach morality to a very to a hungry person mm-hmm. now nigerians have been plunged to that state of hunger in the sense that people are no more battling for to get money for 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 the best of clothing and shoes the basic thing most nigerians are battling for now is to have food on their table. Imagine a situation, somebody with uh, five or more children and you are, earning a, a, the, you are being paid 18,000 Naira a month. From there, you settle your light bill. From there, you transport to the office. From there, if any of your child took ill, from there, you go to the hospital. <laughs> is it possible? That is a sure way of creating bitterness in the minds of the people. And if you liken it to the question you asked my, 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 my brother here earlier on, move down to the east, southern east of this country, you could feel the pains almost with your fingertips. Let me tell you, Ponsa Tanopeemi, if get down to the east, most people riding Okada are graduates. Most people driving or riding Kekenapep are graduates. And they do this thing with pains in their heart. After spending those years in the school and one year compulsory NYC service for their fatherland, all they get is to go back to be fed and start eating from their father and from their mother again, when you ought to be stepping up in life and uh, becoming a uh, uh, contributing valuably to your life and to your, the life of your siblings and those around you. So there is pain, there is bitterness. And once there, there, there's that kind of bitterness, people now sit down in their clusters and they discuss who is the cause of this pain. And then it has, it's attributed to the political class. And let me also let our, our listeners know that the political class in Nigeria, who is just less than 5%, less than, one, you, no, less yeah, less than 1%, 1% yeah. of our population, have conquered Nigeria. They have conquered us. Let me tell you, how have they conquered us? Economically they have conquered us. Because you are talking of how much a mudu of gari is sold. They don't know it. Mm. Even if a mudu of gari is sold for 10,000 naira, they, they eat as much as they want to eat, not from their pocket. The cars they are, they are using is feared by the state. You are, we are carrying off, crying of insecurity all over the place, but security men carry the handbags of their wives to the market. Security men drop off their children to the school if at all those who have their children in, in Nigeria. So they have conquered us. And secondly, when you come to economic powers, they have also conquered us. They have further impoverished Nigerians. And let me also put this on the table as we go on in this conversation that the easiest way to conquer a people, number one, is to make them hungry. Number two, is to deprive them information and that is why you see how, how the information houses are being bullied terrorize and put fear so that even here on this station there are certain things you want to say you, you have to count your teeth because you have seen how some other stations have been bullied and you don't want GFM to also be bullied in that way of course we have had a time when this station was closed down for reasons not, not uh, tenable in any way. So what we're trying to say is that when Nigerians have been made hung, hungry, Nigerians have been, have been, have been attacked by, not, by trying to shut the mouth of the media and shut the mouth of Nigerians from speaking. Of course, you may ask, why is it that uh, somebody like um, uh, uh, Aisha Buhari, the wife of uh, the president, is no more talking? you can ask why is it yeah, that i it mean
1: she published a book was published in her honor and she came for the launch uh, yeah. and
3: made of naira yeah. so you can see how we have been conquered that 200 million Naira can do borehole for how many communities all around the I mean, we don't even
1: need borehole. We don't want borehole. one water in our homes, we one know, our I'm women. saying, yeah. for
3: instance, yeah. because it is said that when the desirable is not available, the available <laughs> yeah, become desirable.
1: Yeah, but we can make uh, the desirable, you know, available.
3: So what I'm trying to say, <laughs> in essence, my yeah. brother Ponsat, is that if we must free ourselves, for instance, you are trying to say we have lamented enough. In fact, for me, I have moved on from the book of lamentation to the book of implementation. Because they don't even want us to lament in the first instance. But it is said that evil tribe the more when good men keep quiet and do nothing. And that is why what we are doing on GFM is very important. Consciousness is being created. Awareness is being created so that people can, can understand that is what is called participatory democracy. We are no more being ruled by the, by the barrels of the gun. It is said that democracy is government of the people, by the people, and for the people. But unfortunately, a few people have hijacked the system. They determine who becomes uh, uh, who becomes the president, so to speak, the Senate president, so to speak, so that at the end of the day, it will be party-party government.
2: Mm. I, I, I'm coming, Malabi. Now, let, let me come to Dr. Emmanuel. Mm. Now, um, in the last few weeks, uh, it looks like there's a deliberate you know attack on the security network in the eastern part of this country uh, from a to humo State, the prison you know break and you know the police headquarters set ablaze and almost on daily basis even the house of the sitting governor of the state is his hometown was touched now can you lead us into this conversation? Maybe about twelve years ago, when the old aram agitation started, they said they were working against Westernization. They don't want Western influence and all of that. Even when the Odua OPC also started in the Southwest, this was as a result of maybe the people not feeling protected enough before it, you know, moved into Amotekun right now. But. In the southeast, what exactly is the demand for? There's been constant call for marginalization, there's been constant call for wanting to leave, and the government have come out to say that you cannot have a government within a government. Now, what exactly is the demand? Or let me say, what are the demands of the southern of a typical southeasterner in this country? What do they want? the ceaseless attacks, the, the continuous, you know, sabotage of the whole security system, where is it leading us to exactly? Thank you, I want to run away from
4: giving justification to violence and lawlessness. But one, fue, one thing that fuels lawlessness is injustice. When there is a palpable injustice, then what you are looking for, if it's sustained injustice, you are looking for lawlessness. Hmm. Now, a situation where we are a country as an entity the southeast had had a very rough deal since the civil war if there is a quarrel between a Tarok man and an idoma man i mean Idoma man in just here it will end up by an evil man being slaughtered if there's a quarrel between a full man and an awesome man in F- panteca market an evil man will be slaughtered this has continued unabated over the years these pains have been accumulating over the years we remember that the crisis in just one time like that, a luxurious bus loaded with Igbo people to Kano was burnt down with everybody here in this town. So when a particular set of people are being oppressed continually, they will lose sense of belonging and they want to go. Remember the civil war was fought on the account of Aburi Accord, that they want to go. And since you had fought and you don't want them to go give them a sense of belonging give them a sense of belonging but they've been denied all those over the years then the Boko Haram came and they see the whole thing handled with kids glove everything done to pally pally them somebody who have slaughtered my family members you give him amnesty what happened to me i've lost my wife i've lost my children the guy came out and wiped out the whole village and then there is this twist in narratives. herders farmers clash. Who is giving that narratives? I was wondering, is it from the press or where? Somebody, a group of guys, come into the community and wipe out the whole village. And then he says headers, farmers clash. And all those scholarship you are giving them, just repentant Boko Haram and the rest of it, you kill people and then it's repentant Boko Haram. No, re- no repercussion, nothing. And so when they see that there is a kid's glove handling. Of the whole thing, and the compromise of the sitting government in handling insurgencies in the north, it gave is packed. There is a way you handle your children. That when they perceive favoritism over one, you will breed
2: rebellion. Hmm. That is what is caught. That is what is happening. Okay, now Malovi, let me come to you. Uh, you've been conversant enough with, you know, this consistent demand for, uh, you know, maybe let us have the restructuring, let us have this old thing, let the southwest go on its own. Since everybody seems to, uh, you know, the south is coming up now with Ebubiagu uh, or I can't I can't if I pronounce it well. The Amoteco is coming in from the southwest. Maybe the not. Now they are waiting for their own security network there's his in kano they said there's a morality police it looks like everybody is looking for self-help it looks like we've gotten to a point where everybody are you know admitted as a failure at the center now if you happen to be a policymaker in this country let me just imagine let me pretend you are a president in this country for a day as a matter of urgency to arrest this helplessness, this lawlessness from the nooks and crannies of this from Kaduna State, there's constant kidnapping to, to Benue State to Niger State to Castina State, everywhere seems to be a problem right now. What would be your priority as a president? Don't forget the fact that I signed a social contract with you as a citizen, I'm going to be law abiding in return for you to protect my lives, protect my families, give me education, give me health. And this is a government that had obviously failed in all of this capacity. What would be your priority if you get into office? Let's just see. Let's just see. Is it my priority? Number
3: one, the people. Number two, the people. Number three, the people. The greatest asset of any nation anywhere in the world is our people. The greatest asset any nation can boast of is the people. And that is why nations put machinery on ground to protect her citizens. Touch one American anywhere in the world. They come for you. They make a statement. Even if you killed him, they want to tell you, look, we have lost something. They want to make a statement so that you don't try it next time. Number two, that is why nations go the extra mile to make sure that health, fa- ha- health facilities are in order so that when the people are sick, the people, remember I said the greatest asset, so that when the people are sick, they can get medical attention in order to for productivity and the adding value to the system. That is why nations go the extra mile, spending so much on education, What do you do with education to empower the people, to increase their capacity? So it is about the people, the people, the people. And the crafters of our constitution didn't make mistake in section two. When they said that the primary responsibility of any government, meaning federal, state, or or local, local, Mm. is the the, the protection and the welfare of the people. Mm. So that is the people. So, but in the case of Nigeria today, you discover that that has been relegated to the background. Education is nowhere in this country. In fact, it has become a crime to go to school. That's why our children are being kidnapped in school, little primary school children, and now they have entered High tertiary institutions. higher institutions. Mm-hmm. All they are telling us is that they are killing the, 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 the uh, educational sector. For instance, look at the uh, the, the, uh, we are talking about food. The greatest and the worst experience any nation can have is shortage of food. This can only happen in a state of war because all the channels of inflow of food and all that is blocked. But what we are seeing today is that we are not in a profound war so so to speak but it's a war going on all the same but it's, we are like a man who who uh, 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 the enemy brought war to his uh, compound rather than accepting that this is war he's turning his compound to a picnic ground in the midst of war so what i'm trying to say in essence, is that we have deviated we have deviated we have neglected the people And that is why you can see this spark of agitations. Because there is nobody who will seek to change a situation, a a system that favors him. It is only when you smell or feel uh, unfair treatment, unfair judgment, that you begin to cry out. Let me also bring this thing home uh, so that people can understand what I'm talking about. The Southeast, for instance, is the only region with five states... The southeast is the only region with with five states. Is that not an injustice? That's an injustice because you talk about representation in the House of Rep. They, they don't have up to the other. In fact, South South Southwest North Central North uh, uh, East. East has six states, and Northwest has seven states. Now Southeast. Five states, you think it's a coincidence? You think it's a mistake? For the past years, when uh, uh, incoming of Muhammad Buhari, our president in the office, no Igbo man is qualified so far to be among the service chiefs. Is that coincidence?
1: Well, let's talk about. How do you look uh, at it? Yeah, let's talk about the. That's an
3: injustice.
1: Let's talk about the rise of ideologues, you know, especially uh, when I say ideologues now, uh, during the early 2000s, Ghani Adams with OPC, for example, was there, and you find Muhammad Yusuf in the northeast, and then in the uh, southeast right now, you find Namdi Ghanu giving serious inspiration to uh, the young people, uh, I would say vulnerable young people, you know, uh, in the southeast. Even the slain commander was quoted as saying, some time ago you know uh that even if nambikanu directs them or commands them to go and bomb the arson rock villa they are going nothing is going to stop them what would you say dr emmanuel is responsible you know uh, for that is it for the lack of inspiration to believe in a an idea as mighty and as and noble as nigeria that people look onto you know uh, ideologues with really, really crazy ideas, you know, to steer the wheel of, uh, of, of progress, you know, in their societies.
4: My brother, what are the indications of a failed state? You see, um, like Okoyemi asked, what motivates this proliferation? The fact, if your neighbor's house is on fire and those responsible for protecting him, obviously fail him, you will do something about your house. You do something about your house. Over the years, there have been massive slaughtering, ethnic cleansing, villages are submerged, people come and nobody is arrested, nobody is persecuted, and the few that are in prison are given amnesty. Then what do you expect them to do in the southeast? What do you expect them to do in the southwest? To fold their hands and wait for the headsmen? Is that what the federal government is doing? You see, it when it's perceived that. The federal might, the federal might, the federal institution is being used for the protection for the interest of a particular region, then the loss of faith comes.
1: And, and the, what's that loss of what's that law of faith?
4: That loss of faith has yeah. you see as at uh, when our, 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 our Abiola was denied June twelfth agitation. The agitation started very seriously. Then the agitation was mellowed down when they seemed to be compensated in the southwest. But with Obasanjo's precedence. Yes, with Obasanjo's presidency. Mm. But with the coming of this government, when Good Lord Jonathan was there, you remember over the time there was this Sharia movement and all over the places. Even during Obasanjo, mm. there were a lot of you know to move him out of seat. When Yaradua went in, there are no states that declare Sharia under him.
1: I mean, Nigeria was peaceful. He went yes, to Niger Nigeria Delta. He went to Niger Delta. Granted yes, amnesty. Granted amnesty. Yeah, built. You know, increased wages yes. and did and a lot of things. if you look at things, the agitation yeah. of Niger Delta, it's a
4: different onion entirely, a different onion. The golden fleece that is laying the golden egg it's is not being fed neglected hmm. completely, and there's nowhere. please, you are a journalist. Do your research. No federalism in Nigeria like Nigeria no federalism in the world like nigeria Interesting. yes where you have federalism the state is autonomous i was in the in, in california 2011 and a federal ship was leaking oil i wanted to bet at the bite of mexico and the governor overruled i said no i laughed. federal ship
3: the governor in nigeria will not even be told
1: They'll just, you know, say that uh, your your salary for the month, you know, and, from and that is
3: and that, and that is why any of them that does have problem you see, them running to Abuja. Because they are helpless. And yes. just like obey Obe, me asked earlier on, the structure of Nigeria, during Zoe's program this morning, I think I made mention of it, that the Nigeria as presently structured cannot give you good governance. All right. I cannot give let's, you security. Yeah, let's open the conversation. Uh, we're <laughs> way,
1: way, way, way. Uh, the conversation is getting interesting, is just joining. My name is Ponsak Panab, Of course, Opeyemi Premier is here, and we have uh, Dr. Emmanuel and of course Pastor Malubi. And we're you know looking at uh, how best to grapple with the security situation in the Southeast uh, region, for example. Ideologues have sprung up since the return of democracy in the uh, 1999 to date. In the early 2000s, we have the OPC under Ghani Adams. Uh, right now, H is on his side, so he can't do you know much uh i think sunday Igboho is trying to take over from him in the <laughs> southeast you have you know kanu and then in the north uh east you have uh um had the, the late muhammad yusuf whose whose ideas and nobody cares about his family his wife or his kids you know it's his ideas that is are uh, still you know uh, propagating i want to stress this uh, i read this book by I just forgot, he's a Christian, you know, uh, scholar. He's a Christian uh, thinker and philosopher. He said, ideas have consequences. Uh, He said, ideas, you know, the ideas that you hold and propagate, they have consequences, especially uh, to society at large. We'd like to hear from you, 90 or you call 090-556-666-99. The phone lines are buzzing. Hello, and good evening. Thank you for calling. Talk to us, please. Yeah, good evening. Yeah, tell us your name and please straight to the point. JT Emmanuel. We're listening to you.
5: You know the truth about Nigeria is that Nigerian and our government have the state is the first to do it. I advise the people, most people in Nigeria, to gather their tax money. They should buy the picture of their schools, picture of their life, buy their guns. I admit that they going to protect themselves and yeah, about well,
1: yourself, yeah, well, but without we advocate, the constitution, you know, prohibits, you know, gun ownership in this country. But they are not doing the right thing. Okay, but that's the constitution. We have to respect our laws as well. So what are we going to do? We shall I let to kill us? I don't know. That is why we open the conversation. If you have a good idea, uh, we'd love to hear. But anything that is against the constitution, we don't tolerate. But the truth about the world is that Nigeria are hopeless. I understand with you, but again, uh, in finding solution, where it has to be legal. We have, we have looked left, back, and center. There's no any solution. Okay, I understand That's your frustration. Truth. I understand I your frustration. Have a solution for us. That is why I don't have. That is why I'm walking here and I open the phone. That's line why to I'm saying, and I'm saying. Nigerians gather their money and their
5: it's illegal it's illegal. Their, their,
1: whatever. it's illegal but thank you for the, uh, thank you for calling i understand your frustration sir thank you yeah well people are really frustrated uh, i mean on this show we're now going to advocate for something that is illegal you know we still love this country we still want to see this country becomes you know uh better hello good evening thank you for calling
5: Good evening.
1: thank you for calling madam
5: Yes, do lead me to my mentor, my extravagant minority, and the death in the city.
1: Okay, well, listening, Join the conversation. Then,
5: yes, you see, the issue of security in this country, I don't see any vote. Because what the federal government is doing, they, they support families, they are protecting them more. You see, there is something that gives you hope, that there is hope for this country. And I want to tell them that what they have started, we have seen. And we will, we will see how they end the end Because definitely whatever has a beginning must have an ending. So we are waiting to see how everything about this government will end thank you so much
1: for this baby thank you madam queen have a good evening i peter thank you we saw the video up uh, okay thank you obedia nagba saying i just recently came back from the east most of w- much of what is happening is caused by decades of resentment towards police molestation and brazen high-handedness by the police especially on federal roads across the region austin is saying for me you can expect a lot of trouble in the east where the ruling party want to dominate the country by force what do you expect when they impose leaders to the people when you plan for the people without them the eastern part of the country has been neglected for too long hello and good evening thank you for calling hello good evening thank you for calling talk to us please
5: thank you very much Fanap. i am ellis i'm calling from hosting
1: well listening thanks for calling
5: on the whole if you have a regime that is bereaved of any form of idea There is nothing you can do other than to remain prayerful and be conscious of the security around your environment. Okay, if the Constitution says Nigerians will not carry on, and the same government is saying we should defend ourselves, what do we defend ourselves with? It is regrettably lamentable of these. APC regime, that all citizens wake up and make sure this government is tackled even before 2023, because I can see what they are trying to do is to make the call not impenetrable in 2023 election so that they can further, I mean, uh, manage yeah but, you know, but you don't have hello you don't, hello
1: you don 't have proof you know to uh this wild allegation, uh, but anyway, we thank you for your uh calling the show thank you very much sir thank you very much thank you have a good evening hello good evening okay
2: maybe your pair will take us through facebook on facebook says. Uh, What is happening in the Southeast shows total government failure uh, to secure the lives and properties of Nigerians. This is a government that came on board to tackle insecurity, but it seems they are causing it rather than solving it. Nathaniel John says, The government is notorious for injustice to the Southeast as far as allocation of key positions are concerned the guys i feel are sending their grievances by attacking government institutions and forces uh, this is condemnable though uh, it is one with nigeria from solex Aiki. my surprise is how a I retired army mean, general is out of ideas on how to tackle insecurity nevertheless i know it's going to be okay with this country soon Principal Joseph Mayilumo says the way insecurity is escalating in Nigeria, it's alarming and scaring. Despite the changes of service chiefs, if Boko Haram can raise their flag in Niger State, then even Abuja is not safe. May God expose and judge the wicked that are behind the killings of innocents in Nigeria. and Mohammed Idris says, actually, what is happening in the southeast is getting out of hand, and I put the blame on their leaders for being silent, and I advise them to do something before the military will show them their worst. Interesting. Thaddeus Koji says, "I want to appeal to the people of the southeast to exercise the needed care. They are warning signs of evil plans against them. It all started like this in other places. They should learn from the experience of the other places, be vigilant, and act fast." Let's,
1: let's take. A, hello. Good evening. We got to you late. Dimas is saying it all started in one region of the country, but now it's all over the nation. Don't forget, two hours drive from Niger State to Abuja. This means that Boko Haram will soon take over uh, Nigeria's capital and replace Nigerian flag with the ass. Which way, Nigeria? Abamu is saying Nigeria is battling a lot of things, but insecurity. TY stated this right before the 2019 elections. He even told us that uh, uh, these things will start from emo, but most people okay i i I don't understand that but thank you uh for sending in your tweet young mr frost is saying another day another drama this country is wasting away like ancient judah the country is highly becoming lawless and rowdy it was better when it was worse because right now i don't even know what is happening in the country god help us hello good evening thanks for calling oops that didn't work maybe you would take two comments and then we'll come to the guests for their final
2: yes uh, from richard adamu and he says it's a pity that our leaders don't have the interest of the masses at heart i believe someday somebody is benefiting from this whole insecurity problem Albert Dagsa says the pattern and nature of the insecurity that the southeastern region is facing is really a dicey one uh it leaves one to wonder who exactly is bankrolling these attacks and what is benefiting motive behind this insurrection i'm struggling hard to avoid thinking that the script is in play here and the message seems blur the only weapon we the masses have now is for prayers and i pray that god would continue to protect the unity and the sovereignty of this country called nigeria david danlad Lom says the only way to manage this insecurity is to restructure the country Thank you. I mean, we've got over 50 messages. <laughs> we'll take them.
1: Yeah, well, we can't. We can't. Uh, so, uh, let me start with Malob, your parting words right now. As what will you tell Nigeria's young people uh, who are desperate? On the one hand, you know, you've painted a scenario the other time with youth in the uh, Southeast. I have friends who don't have a job, and the ones that have a job don't, they're underemployed. Uh, they are paid fifteen, twenty thousand 20,000 a month and it can't even uh, sustain them for even two days, for example. Still living with their parents, you know, cannot break even uh, the insecurities left, right, and center. I mean, they are just helpless and hopeless. Uh, what will you tell them, you know, uh, in, in the face of all of this uh, contraption, I would say, or complexities?
3: Well, the reality is that from the callers, you can deduce the fact that there is a leadership deficiency. There is also leadership failure. And the leaders seem not to be on ground with the realities. Nigeria is bleeding, like quoting the Minister of Defense. Nigeria is collapsing. If, you, if you've read uh, Chinua Cheboy's book, When Things Fall Apart, he said once the centre cannot longer hold things will fall apart. Well, just to give some words of hope, like as you have asked me to, number one is that i like you to know that God has never ended the story of any nation in the negative. The beginning, the progression may look negative, but in the end, God has always ended the story of a people in the positive. And I believe strongly, as bad as Nigeria is today, God has not lost control of this country. So there is hope. And let me also say that our actions and our inactions have landed us to where we are today. Mm. For those who were involved in the negative side, brought us to where we are today. And those who were passive, who felt Mm. that we are not going to participate in the system, also contributed to where we are today. Mm. But if Nigeria is going to be, revived or recovered it is actually nigerians that will solve the problems of nigerians
1: thank you very much uh, uh, the extravagant malobi uh, come uh, your parting words dr emmanuel Ogbejua. okay
4: i want to advise the leaders to be fair be fair in handling insurgencies in nigeria the economy is crippling the economy is going down where farmers cannot go to farm what economy are you thinking about be fair the unfair handling of insurgencies in the north is what is giving rise to the escalation of insurgencies. When this IPO agitation started, generally it was reported not violent. And you went and killed them. Operation Crocodile, is it Crocodile mm-hmm. Bite or whatsoever?
3: Python Dance. Python
4: Dance. Now, what do you expect? Now, when these people are beginning to, to go wide and killing and attacking and whatsoever don't forget somebody lost his brother in the python dance somebody lost his sister in the python dance somebody lost his son in the python Our dance. friend somebody lost his friend in the python dance and nothing has been done all right whereas those that wipe out communities in the north are giving amnesty
2: all right they have it acquire me in uh, 20 seconds or. You know, sometimes when we have conversation like this and I go back home to listen to the podcast, you know, I just hope that maybe one of these days the authorities around there, the powers that be would say need to just sit themselves down and listen to one of the episodes of this program. Go back to the social media platform, check the tweets, check the messages and feel the pulse of the people. I, I think that is not too much to demand from these people. These guys are sucking millions of taxpayers' monies at salaries. Somebody should be responsible. It's simple. Well, uh, there you have
1: it, the society that we are in. I would like to wish, you know, my dear Professor, Professor, the Reverend Professor Don Fulani Correa happy belated birthday. Uh, one thing with Prof is that he has read the Bible for more than 30 years, you know, <laughs> back to back every year, back every for more day. than 30 years so happy belated birthday to you Professor Damfulani today,
2: today is our Mr. Emi Kusoko's birthday also
1: ah, yes. Oga, happy, <laughs> happy birthday <laughs> happy birthday to you Mr. Emi Kusoko, thank you thank stay you tuned much. to the news, top of the hour, 6 o'clock thank you gentlemen for coming my name is Ponsak Fanabdu, have good evening, bye now